Welcome to the Lonnie Swain Show podcast. I'm your host, Lonnie Swain. I'm a media veteran, digital content creator, and strategist. My career has required many cross-country relocations from my hometown of New Orleans to Baltimore, St. Louis, Chicago, Dallas, back to New Orleans, and now Miami, Florida. The purpose of this show is to remind you that everyone has to go through something to get somewhere. I lead personal and professional development conversations in hopes of inspiring you to live your best and most authentic lives. And just a reminder, I always love to know what you think about the podcast. So don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Thank you so much for listening. Now let's get into the show. Today, we are talking all about CBD and CBD oils. So exciting. Joining me is Maggie Frank, national educator with over 10 years in the natural products industry. Maggie Frank has cultivated her passion for education through her extensive experience as an educator and health and wellness advocate. Ms. Frank first found her passion for nutrition while living on a sailboat in Mexico. I'm going to definitely have to ask about that. Having to catch fish and trade for fresh fruits and vegetables. Ms. Frank came to the realization that whole fresh foods make for a healthy, happy, and more balanced lifestyle. Inspired and determined, she then set off to share this experience with others and educate the public about nutrition. Ms. Frank started in the industry with a part-time job at Henry's Marketplace, now known as Sprouts, in Carlsbad, California, and worked her way up to Natural Living Manager. She then graduated to National Educator for the esteemed greens company, Vibrant Health. She currently serves as a national educator for CV Sciences and believes hemp and phytocannabinoids hold tremendous promise for human health. Did I pronounce that right? Phytocannabinoids? Phytocannabinoids. But you were so close. (laughs) Phytocannabinoids. Did I get it right that time? Okay. It's kind of a mouthful. It's kind of a mouthful. It's all new vocabulary. (laughs) A lot of mouthfuls. Yes, but I'm so excited to talk about it. Maggie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Lonnie. I'm really excited to be with you. First, before we get into the exciting, juicy details of phytocannabinoids, did I say it right that time again? You were close. Cannabinoids. (laughs) Cannabinoids. Okay, I'm probably going to have to say it about 300 more times before I get it right. Before we get into that, I want to know about living on a sailboat in Mexico? How does one find themselves living on a sailboat in Mexico? Um, You know, it was one of those just kind of the universe. That's what it seemed to be directing me to. I was in school. I had just finished my undergraduate work and I really didn't know what the next step was going to be. And I broke up with my fiance. 9-11 happened and a boy asked me to go sailing. Nice. I went sailing with him and that trip trip lasted about a year and a half. And honestly, I mean, school was great, but I learned more about myself in those, in, in those months than I, and than I had ever learned about myself before then. I would imagine. I would imagine. And it's so amazing how things like that happen, that we just stumble into something or someone or a job or a living situation on a boat in Mexico. And we never in a million years would have planned for that, thought about that, considered that. But it was so necessary for us to do exactly that to get to where we're supposed to be. 100%. Love that. And now with CV sciences and working with phyto 
cannabinoids. I think I pronounced it right that time. You were right on. <laughs> All right. Tell <laughs> us what are phytocannabinoids and what is it that you do with CV Sciences? Well, phytocannabinoids are part of the plant. So essentially, cannabinoids can be found in a multitude of different places. Okay. Our body makes its own cannabinoids. They're called endocannabinoids. Mm-hmm. But then we can also find cannabinoids out in nature in a multitude of different areas. One of the most well-known is within the cannabis family. CV Sciences makes hemp extracts that just happen to be naturally gifted in phytocannabinoids, one of which is very cool and popular right now called CBD or cannabidiol. And my role with the company is to take the research that is going on right now that's really exciting and really profound in so many different ways, but it's intense. Mm -hmm. So my job is to be a bridge I take the research, I go, I meet with the people who are doing the studies, who are utilizing these products in their practices. And I take the really kind of heady speech and I make it more accessible for normal everyday people to kind of get their heads around so that they can get excited about it too. So my first question is, how does CBD oils and the hemp, how does that differ from the cannabis and the the, the weed that people smoke or edibles or, or the, the weed that has the THC in it? They're both part of the cannabis family, um, but the cannabis family has a lot of cousins in mm-hmm. really simple terms. One is well-known marijuana or high THC cannabis. Another cousin is the hemp plant. Industrial hemp doesn't have enough of the THC, which THC is the phytocannabinoid that makes us high, that gives us stone the way that we would Mm -hmm. think of marijuana getting us high. Mm -hmm. So hemp in really simple terms is the decaf to marijuana's caffeinated. Oh, that's a good analogy. I like that. And for the people that are not familiar with the differences in the experience, so we know that with the marijuana, you experience feeling high and uh, potentially hallucinating and things like that. What are the side effects associated with the hemp and the the, the phytocannabinoids that are in plus CBD oil? So CBD works on different receptor sites in the body than THC does. So the way that CBD interacts with the body is going to be completely unique to itself. And what we see with CBD is that it's very well tolerated in people, even in higher doses. So typically we don't see overdose response. We're not going to get that um, psychoactive high that we would associate with marijuana. But we can go too far too quick with CBD. So our advice to people is with CBD usage, you're always going to want to start low and build slow. It's always the way to go. 
Mm -hmm. you're going to start with a few milligrams and slowly over a couple days, increase those milligrams until you're kind of feeling what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, The reason for that is that when we take too much CBD too quickly, we can experience a few different things. One of which is it can slightly overstimulate our vagus nerve. Our vagus nerve is a nerve that runs from our head all the way down into the gut. And when Mm -hmm. we overstimulate the vagus nerve, it can feel like a little bit of nausea. It can feel like a little bit of loss of equilibrium. We can feel a little bit off balance. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, people may feel like they need to have a bowel movement. Okay. We avoid all of that concern if we start low and we build slow because every single person's body's needs for phytocannabinoids and the way that they utilize those cannabinoids will be completely different. No Mm -hmm. two people are alike. No one can ever tell you how you will feel on this, what your dose will be, or when it will come to you, like how long it'll take for you to feel better. Gotcha. And what are some of the benefits of CBD? Oh my gosh, what aren't? So <laughs> when we talk, when we hear about CBD, what we're hearing about right now um, is a very broad range of benefits. Mm-hmm. We have people who are utilizing it for stress relief. We have people who are utilizing it in pain for exercise recovery, for um, gut health. I mean, literally the autoimmune, the list just mm-hmm. goes on and on and on. Mm-hmm. And the reason that we're seeing that broad range of results is because CBD is interacting with a system that every single mammal has. It's called the endocannabinoid system mm-hmm. or otherwise abbreviated ECS. Now, the system wasn't even discovered until the early 90s. So the majority of people walking around have never heard of it. They didn't learn about it in school. It's Mm -hmm. all brand new to us. And essentially what we know about this system now is that it's responsible for regulating the homeostasis or the internal balance, i.e. the body's happy place of every single physiological system and Every single function that system is responsible for. Wow. It's connected to everything. Everything. Literally. Everything. (laughs) You want better hormone homeostasis, take care of your endocannabinoid system. You want to respond to stress more effectively, you want a healthy endocannabinoid system. If you want to burn fat effectively, it's Mm -hmm. time to consider the health (laughs) of your endocannabinoid system. So being that it's connected to everything, how did we go so long being unaware of it? Well, you know, um, we don't know as much as we would like to pretend we know about the human body. Mm -hmm. Um, We're still discovering tissues and systems and receptor sites 
all the time. I mean, they just mm-hmm. discovered a new system uh, probably about six months ago now. It's called the interstitium, and it's connected to our lymph and our fascia. And we literally mm-hmm. just discovered it. And it's a huge organ system. Wow. Our imaging and our imaging abilities and our abilities to see into the complexity of nature changes every minute. Mm. Wow. And so with that being said, and with the incorporation of CBD and how it helps so many different things with the body, do you think that we will start to see traditional medical practitioners incorporating it more? Because I know that right now it's still kind of... um, hush hush and and there are so many reports that i've read about and i was speaking with kelsey of plus cbd oil at the well summit in brooklyn and talking about you know some people have used it to help with cancer patients and things like that but it's it's less commonly talked about and less commonly accepted in the medical practice as far as western medicine typically why do you think that is Western medicine is always a little slower to adopt holistic approaches. Mm -hmm. Um, And for good reason. I mean, they're looking at clinically reviewed data. They want to see the data. They want to be able to say, this cures this, this treats this at X dose. And in the holistic, more integrative world, We don't view it that way. We are viewing healing as feed the body what it needs so that the body can start to do its own job. And we realize that hemp is really just a food. So there's just two kind of ideas here. Um, and and really, to, to answer your very first part of the question, will I, will we see more adoption through Western groups, Western medicine groups? And the answer is yes, we already are. Um, Now, I've been in this industry for over 10 years, and this is the very first ingredient that I've ever lectured on that I've seen this much bridge between holistic practitioners and allopathic or conventional practitioners. My consumer lectures are full of conventional practitioners. They Mm -hmm. are seeing their patients on these products. And what they're reporting is that their patients, for the most part, are greatly reducing the dose of their medications or getting off of them entirely within three to six months of adding our product. Yeah. Mm. Isn't that awesome? That's insane. That's insane and awesome. But it so is quickly. Awesome. So so quickly too. That, right? That's impressive. And it really is driving them to learn more. And this isn't the first time we've seen this. Um, the holistic health industry really was paving the way with gut health as well, Mm -hmm. where we were all kind of going, hey, there's probably neurons in the gut. And conventional medicine was saying, no, that's ridiculous. Uh And holistic practitioners were like, no, really, we think that there's neurons (laughs) in the gut. Uh And then 2012, they were like, hey, microbiome project, there's neurons Mm -hmm. in the gut. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. You know, like we've been telling you this all the time. No duh. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's really 
interesting to see who the first adopters are. Do you feel like there's a certain type of practitioner or a certain field of practitioner that is more inclined to be a first adopter for CBD? So the practitioners who are treating the severe, the chronic and the treatment resistant groups, really, they've been the earliest adopter because their patient groups have been the first adopters nationally of these mm-hmm. products. Okay. So really, it, it was the need in these groups where they weren't getting results from anything, whether it yeah. was holistic options or conventional options, you see your chronic pain groups, you see your autoimmune groups, you see your cancer groups. Mm -hmm. And those groups, by and large, neurodegenerative groups as well fit into this. Those groups, by and large, are hard, are are really hard to help. Yeah. And CBD has been helping. So these, those treatments, resistant groups really have been paving the way not only to get the word out, but to really open the hearts and minds of their doctors because their doctors want to help them. They just have a limited toolbox. Now, is there any signs of any addiction to CBD? Can people become addicted to it if they're realizing, oh, hey, this is helping me. I'm feeling better. Now I want to take it every day, all day. So the endocannabinoid system, the great thing about it is it's regenerative. And every single thing we do or don't do, everything we feed our body or don't feed our body, and everything that is either in a healthy environment or an unhealthy environment is either going to support the endocannabinoid system or destroy the endocannabinoid system. So to say it's addictive, no, it's not addictive. Okay. But if somebody is supplementing with phytocannabinoids and they're doing so because it makes them feel better, Mm -hmm. but they are refusing to make better choices, choose a better environment, do the other things that make us healthy, Mm -hmm. then they may start to become reliant on CBD to feel better. Gotcha. Is the endocannabinoid system can only take us so far. So the great thing about phytocannabinoids is that when we take them, they're not essentially replacing something our body makes. They're giving the body, in really simple terms, a super nutrient, a phytocannabinoid. We could call it a super nutrient if we were being really simple. Those phytocannabinoids are super nutrients for this endocannabinoid system. By feeding the endocannabinoid system, you're supporting it to do its job more effectively. But that endocannabinoid system relies on things other than cannabinoids. So those other things are probably things that you do yourself and things Mm -hmm. that you are trying to motivate or inspire your listeners to adopt. And this is the cool part, right? Because this is like just part of a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Balance of omega-3 to omega-6 fatty acids is extremely important to how the system functions. So you want to be less reliant on CBD products, 
make sure your omega-3 to omega-6 ratios are in line. More fish, more flaxseed, more grass-fed, more dark leafy greens. If you want to be less reliant on phytocannabinoids, we want to work out regularly. That's going to increase the density of the receptor sites that bind to cannabinoids. If we want healthy ECS, we want to take care of our gut. We want to manage our stress and we want to consume a broad array of dark leafy greens, spices, herbs, adaptogens. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as lifestyle, alcohol in a, like over excess alcohol when we move out of moderation mm-hmm. is bad for our endocannabinoid system. It doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. Toxins in the environment are bad for the endocannabinoid system, as are most over-the-counter pharmaceutical medications. They negatively interact with the endocannabinoid system in, in many ways. So we have ways outside of CBD to help support this system. The more of those things we're willing to adopt, the less our need on phytocannabinoids is going to be. But we all make choices. Some people choose to use our products because they make their gut feel better, but their gut feels bad because they have a gluten intolerance, mm-hmm. but they refuse to stop eating gluten. Right. Mm-hmm. In that case, it's a Band-Aid and they're going to be reliant on CBD for that relief for as long as they're introducing the gluten into the situation. I get migraine headaches or sinus headaches a lot of times. And someone had given me some CBD oil and I put some drops under my tongue and I didn't feel anything. Well, then when I was talking with Kelsey with Plus CBD Oil at the Well Summit, she was saying, oh, you know, the the balm is really good for that to rub it on your temples and apply it topically. And so there's so many different ways and forms that it comes in, in different approaches for different things. So could you kind of go through the different forms that it comes in and which form is best for what? Yeah, I'd love to. So we have three stages red label, our grain label, and our gold label. All three of those stages start with a full spectrum hemp extract, which means it's seed, stalk, stem, flowering top. We CO2 extract it down into a raw oil. That raw oil makes up our first stage. That's the red label. In a raw oil form, the phytocannabinoids, CBD being the most abundant, are found mostly bound to acid. So in the raw, you're getting primarily CBDA with a little bit of CBD. In the CBDA form, it's unable to cross the blood-brain barrier, making our red label product line ideal for issues that are found below the neck. The research on CBDA would make it ideal for gut modulation. You have gut issues, inflammatory situations in the body, um, skin conditions that are itchy and icky. CBDA also binds to serotonin receptor sites in the gut to help with queasiness, um, nausea, seasickness. 
And then it also binds to the same receptors that ibuprofen and aspirin do, making it ideal as a replacement for over-the-counter pain relievers. Hmm. That's that raw product. Ingesting it orally? Both an internal product and in the internal products, you have a choice between an oil dropper or a soft gel. Okay. And then we also have a topical product, a balm, that you can apply to local acute issues. So if you can point to it, if you came to me and you said, Maggie, my eczema is driving me absolutely nuts. Mm -hmm. And I said, where is it? And you pointed to your shoulder and your stomach. I would tell you to rub that balm directly on those localized issues. Okay. But if you came to me and you said, Maggie, I'm in pain. And I said, where's your pain? And they said, I worked out with Lonnie yesterday and she (laughs) worked me. Literally (laughs) every part of my body hurts. Uh I'm going to direct you to an internal because we want full body relief. Okay. Gotcha. Although no one would ever say I worked them. I like uh, low impact workouts. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We covered the red label. From that red label to green, we take the raw product and we put it through a process called decarboxylation, which is a fancy way to say we heat it up. Heating it breaks it away from its acid bind. Now we have activated CBD. Now the green people are going to be people who have both body and mind complaints that are mild to moderate in their severity or your stress anxiety people. They're going to be your green people. Okay. So people who have autoimmune, but it's being well tolerated with diet and lifestyle. People who want to keep their endocrine system or their hormones in balance. People who work um, out or experience a little bit or moderate levels of pain, but they're able to get a handle on them with massage and stretching and things like that. Now, we offer the green in internal only. There's no topical option there. It's just internal. And you have the choice of spray oil or capsule or a straight applicator pen, which is just the oil with no other fillers. Now, is there a reason it's not offered topically? Yeah, and mostly it's because there is a little bit of a green factor to it. And in the initial formulations, we're giving giving the skin a bit of a green hue. So they're working on kind of R&D on that to get the right formulation. But it is to be, it's on the horizon. Okay, gotcha. And then um, to go from the green into our gold or our yellow label line, you're going to see that the 10 kilos of our green oil gets steam distilled down to three kilos of our gold. Through this distillation process, we concentrate fat and phytocannabinoids in the matrix. The reason we do this is that um, as people's endocannabinoid system health deteriorates, our endocannabinoid systems can struggle to utilize cannabinoids. The gold formula is a highly bioavailable formula to troubleshoot this issue. So your gold people are going to be your severe, your chronic, and your treatment resistant 
as well as ideal blood-brain barrier penetration needs, so neurodegenerative issues as well as traumatic brain injury. In the gold, we offer it in a few different options. You can take it internally, and then you can take it topically. In that topical, that's going to be your bumped, your bruised, your inflamed, or your painful topical issues. And FYI, ladies, it is amazing for menstrual cramps. Perfect. I'm so happy to know that. And this one more so the gold more specifically than the other labels. For topical, yeah. Um, With Mm -hmm. the topical red, we gear people more to their itchy and icky skin pathologies. Okay. CBDA is more appropriate for that. So think um, eczema, psoriasis with the red label topical or fungal parasitical bug bites. I honestly think that anybody who likes outdoors or likes to go camping, that red Mm -hmm. topical product should be in their camper bag. It's just a catch-all for anything Mm -hmm. icky and icky on the skin. Okay. If someone's listening right now, Maggie, and they're saying, oh, this sounds amazing. I need to get my hands on this. Is it legal everywhere for people to get CBD? It's (laughs) legal-ish. So give us us the scoop on that part. Like, can can someone go to jail for applying this on their skin or how does that work? Okay. So we do sell our products um, and this can change day to day. Like there are times where our products aren't shipping to a, a various state because they're in the middle of going through their own statewide evolution. But our product currently are sold in most of the 50 states um, Mm -hmm. in health food stores. And you can purchase our products online at www.pluscbdoil.com. Now, if you try to order online from us and your state is one of those states that's currently having an uprising, we'll just let you know that at that time we can't ship to you. But nobody is going to get prosecuted for having this product. It's never happened. Nobody's going to get pulled over and go to jail for having this product in their car. It's not going to happen. You can travel domestically with this. I'm on at least four planes every month and I carry it on in my carry-on. Never had an issue with TSA. Mm -hmm. Now, if you are going to go internationally... It's important to make sure you know the country's policy that you are going to visit. Now, shipping, you can send this to your loved ones all over the country without getting in trouble. But again, if you are going to ship internationally, you want to make sure you know the policy of the country you are planning to ship to. And so what makes it illegal, I guess, if it's not technically marijuana, you're not getting high, it has all of these great health benefits. What's the catch? Why is it illegal? In 1937, um, the American people voted to outlaw what had been propagandized to be called marijuana. They didn't realize that with that vote, they were not only getting rid of the cannabis oil prescriptions, that they and their grandparents had in their medicine cabinet, but that they were also voting to get rid of the feral hemp that grew all over this country and was being used as not only livestock feed, but also for textiles. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. We got rid of it in 1937. And then during Reagan's time, cannabis was scheduled on the Schedule 1. And although hemp was not classified in that scheduling, there's a lot of misunderstanding surrounding where the two plants fit. So we are very hopeful that this confusion will be put to rest soon. Our company was responsible for spearheading the Hemp Roundtable. And through the Hemp Roundtable, we've been successful in getting the 2018 Hemp Farm Bill introduced. The last vote that took it to its current place passed 86 to 11 in favor of legalizing hemp at a federal level. Congratulations. Yeah, well, we're not there yet. And really, Mm -hmm. for all the people listening, if, if you're interested in keeping hemp extracts in the food environment, if you're interested in having access to plus CBD oil, then it's important to get involved. We urge you to go to hempsupporter.com, become a member. And if there's anything nationally or anything in your state that is threatening your right to have and use these products, We'll call on you to lend your voice to this really important effort. We're stronger together. And really, there's no reason that this plant shouldn't be accessible to every single human being. Our bodies do not have receptors for ibuprofen (laughs) or Zoloft. Mm -hmm. They have receptors for cannabinoids. We evolved next to this food and we need to take it back. Absolutely. And I mean, people can OD on all of these prescription drugs, sometimes even over the counter drugs, even get addicted to them. And just the negative side effects for the things that are legal seem to far outweigh anything negative associated with CBD, unless I'm, I'm just unaware of it from my limited information. Is there something that I don't know that I'm missing, no. Maggie? I mean, in reality, study after study has been done. And this isn't how research is even supposed to work. You're not supposed to research something in the hopes of proving your already opinion to be even mm-hmm. truer. Yeah. Um, But that's what they've done. They've gone after cannabis over and over again to prove that it's wrong and bad and unhealthy and addictive only to find the opposite. Mm -hmm. And when you're speaking, I mean, honestly, when you speak about addiction in this country before 1937, if you went to your doctor and you were addicted to alcohol, cocaine or Dilaudid, you were almost guaranteed to leave his or her office with a prescription for cannabis oil. Good old fashioned ditch weed that we now call hemp extract is not the gateway drug that cannabis was believed to be. In -hmm. reality, it's one of the most promising things we know of to get people off of addictive substances. Mm, That's powerful right there too. Especially with what our country is going through right now. Absolutely. And just a few more questions before we wrap up to kind of validate the safety of it. Can you take it with medication or prescription drugs? So this area can get a little dicey. Um, People have a broad range of differences 
biochemically. Mm -hmm. And we have people who are taking one pharmaceutical ranging all the way up in extreme cases to 25, 30 pharmaceuticals a day. We do have some promising research that is showing that with five-ish prescriptions, um, when like when they looked at stuff for epilepsy, CBD was added in with antipsychotics, antidepressants, um, anti-epileptics, sleep meds, a, a very broad range of medication. Mm-hmm. And in that early research, we're seeing a tremendously broad safety profile with pharmaceuticals. But we highly encourage people, if they are taking a pharmaceutical, let your doctor know. Mm-hmm. I've especially seen this be important in a few areas, one of which is diabetes. It is so common for people who start our product to need to lessen their insulin levels, mm-hmm. that it is imperative that they're communicating with their doctor. Because there, there's a good chance that doctor is going to have to adjust the medication. So full transparency, full disclosure with your caregivers is always the best practice. But so far in the early research, CBD is not showing to be contraindicated with any medications. Okay. Is it safe for children and or pets? So that's another area where it gets a little dicey. The American Veterinarian Association has not come out in support of CBD yet. There is a whole lot of use with hemp extracts being done across the country. Um, A lot of veterinarians are adopting them without the sanction from the American Veterinarian Association. And we are seeing a lot of promise. But any pet owner who is utilizing these products, as with any human utilizing these products, is currently doing so with the understanding that we're in the infancy of all of this research. There's no clear guarantees in any area. The same as with children. The preliminary research on children is so astounding, ranging in autoimmune to leukemia to neurodegenerative processing disorders, all the way to epilepsy. But we don't have long-term research on what's happening to a child as they develop with this in their system and grow with this in their system. Our medical advisory board contains 10 different practitioners, all of whom have used our products in practice for at least five years. Mm-hmm. And we do have medical advisors utilizing our products. One in the case of a child as young as one years old with congenital glaucoma. Mm-hmm. But the risk of the medical alternative was so great in these cases that the low end risk of CBD was a no brainer as the Mm. choice. Mm. So we're still kind of wading through this and we do not in any way want to mislead anybody about where we're at with this. Mm -hmm. We're simply giving the body something that helps it in its efforts to achieve and maintain homeostasis When we're in homeostasis, our bodies function best. So you have reasonable hope that if you have a symptom, it's in some part being caused by a lack of homeostasis somewhere in the body, 
restoring that homeostasis will have an impact. We just don't know to which degree. And I appreciate that transparency. And as we said in the beginning, it's still developing every day and the industry is still very new. So I'm hopeful that, you know, this time next year, for sure, that we'll have more developments as far as the safety and pets and children and legal everywhere. And, you know, all of those things based on the astounding, amazing, insanely amazing results that we're seeing so far. You're a hundred percent right. And the thing that I really like to remind people is to take a step back from just what's going on in this modern time with phytocannabinoids. We do have a lot of research to do. But when people ask me, are these products safe for children? Are they safe for this, for people who are in fragile health? Are they safe during pregnancy? Are they safe during lactation? I, of course, say, you know, we're 100% not sure in the research side. But if we take a step back from that, up until 1937, not only were phytocannabinoid concentrations in the form of cannabis oil being prescribed by doctors, but hemp made up a very large part of what we fed our livestock. So our ancestors were getting trace amounts of phytocannabinoids like CBD through their diet every time they consume flesh, dairy, or eggs. We literally have evolved with this in our food chain. And then in 1937, we removed it while simultaneously injecting a whole bunch of stuff into our environment that threatens the very system that used to rely on the phytocannabinoids we removed. It's just food. We're just replacing it back into the food supply. Well, if someone is listening and they want to get more information about Plus CBD oil, get more information about how they can take a stand locally or be a supporter, where can they go? www.pluscbdoil.com is where you can find all sorts of research. We have ongoing webinar opportunities as well as product information. And if you want to get involved in the fight to keep hemp in your health food stores to make it federally legal, we urge you to go to www.hempsupporter.com. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Lonnie Swain Show podcast. Please visit my website, LonnieSwain.com, where you can sign up for my monthly newsletter, check out companion blog posts, show notes, and lots of other cool stuff. This podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Buzzsprout, CastBox, Anchor, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and my website. I love and appreciate all of your feedback, so don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with at least three people who you think would enjoy it too or benefit from the information. Until next time, go where you are celebrated and appreciated, not just tolerated. Talk to you soon.